Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Phil and I back again to talk about retirement savings basics. A little, uh, I don't know, 101, Phil, on some accounts kinds of accounts, what they do, pros and cons a little bit. Have sure. you break these down for us as a CPA and a personal financial specialist? Who better to ask uh, you know, some of the fundamentals of this stuff? So how are you, my friend? You doing good? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Near, yeah. Nearing the end of tax season. So that's, it's all I, good. I, yeah, you're smiley. So it's like, that, that's right. That's right. Almost that's, done. I, that's right. I can see the end of the tunnel. So there you go. There you go. Well, you know, it seems like a good time to talk about some of these things. Not all yep. accounts are the same. Not all accounts are taxed. Absolutely. Not all accounts uh, function the same. So again, let's do some pros and cons on some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and then we'll finish off with just kind of some roundabout questions about them. But sure. let's jump right in. So let's start with the first of the alphabet soups. Uh, we'll go with the 401k, the 403b, 457, uh, yep. TSP. I think they're, I think that's it. They're all about, they're the same. all, yeah, basically the, the retirement plans, company retirement plans. Company so the, sponsor, I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be the main, uh, characteristic of all of those is it's a yeah. company sponsored retirement plan. So give us you some know, so, cons and, and best practices, I suppose, and advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, you can't even get access to one of these unless you work for a company that has one or you, you have a company that you've set one up. Right. right? Cause I mean, it has to be sponsored by a company um, for you to participate in pros and cons. I mean, the, the biggest pro is company match. You know, there's free sure. money potentially involved. That's always good. Um, so yeah, free money is better than, than uh, no money for sure. So get, get your free money first. I think free money is so, better than free lunch. Free, that's right. You can buy a lot of free lunch with free money. So that's right. Um, but yeah, make sure you're getting the match, right? And that's going to be your biggest advantage in the 401ks is, um, or 403Bs, 457s, kind of interchangeable. The, the difference right. is going to be basically the uh, entity that sets them up. So 403B, 457, those are nonprofit type uh, entities. Mm-hmm. 401k is going to be your for-profit company at a high level kind of generally. So, so. so let's think about some advantages, disadvantages mm-hmm. for the individual. So yep. obviously we've got the, the free money, which we, which we covered, but so you've got uh limited, I guess you've got limited smorgasbord of financial products, right? So it's going to be limited mm-hmm. to whatever the company's doing, which is, right. standard. we all know what the 401ks are. Right? So right. they're going to have whatever the company is kind of going through. So you don't have as Yeah, many- so it's going to be one of the cons is it's going to be a very right. limited pool of options. You're not going to have the wide open options that you would have like in a, an IRA or self-directed right. brokerage account or something of that nature. Um, very limited options, which some people might think is better because now I don't have to look through all these different options. Here it is. True. You know, True. personally, it, it's going to be limiting, right? You don't, you don't get as yeah. many options. Um, advantages to high income limits, which is great. Right. Right. So you can, you can contribute a pretty significant amount. So this year, uh, 22, five for those under age 50, or if you're over age 50, you can do another 7,500. Yeah. 30 grand. You know, so you can put great. up to 30 grand a year in these, you know, so you can put away a lot of money. Yeah. Potentially can put it towards the Roth or the traditional side. Right. So do, again, depending on your company plan. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into so, that real fast. Cause we're going to do the, uh, the IRAs and the Roths in a second, but yep. more and more companies now have a 401k <clears throat> Roth. Correct. Uh, so, and I misspoke a second ago. I meant to say that you could put a lot of money in when I said the income limits, there's no income limits when you have like a 401, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there's no income limits that right. the goofy thing with 401k company plans in general is there's the IRS rules and then there's the plan rules. Right. 
And at the end of the day, the plan rules are what govern. And so 401k Roth is a, a great uh, segue into that because the IRS allows it, yeah. but not every 401k 403b all has it in their plan, right? And they more don't and have more to. are coming all the time though. They, I, yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah. been out there for 10, 15 years now. The yeah, company plans can yeah. do it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's a great hybrid of the first two things we're going to break down. So if it right. is an option, many advisors I talk to say, absolutely, you should take a look and see if it's something you could do within your company-sponsored plan. Right. So, I mean, that, that's one advantage, too, is that now you don't have the the traditional Roth limits that you would have right. as, as an IRA in a 401k. It's the higher limits, that 22.5 or 7. I mean, yeah, plus the other 75 or three, you know 30. So, yeah. Which yeah so, I mean, if you're trying to put a lot of money away towards a Roth, if the company plan is there, that's a great option to use. And if you're a so, high income earner, then not having the limits makes it an option. No limits. And yeah, right. Which is a good yeah. segue into our, our next bit of savings basics here. Let's talk about IRAs, whether it's Roth or traditional. Right. So one of the things right there, obviously, is going to be some of the limitations. So let's right. start with the limitations and then we'll talk about some of the pros of these. Yeah. So the, the biggest limitation is, is just the dollar amount you can contribute, right? So it's going to be a much lower amount um, for this. For 2023, it's um, 6,500, uh, right. 75 if you're over 50, so an extra thousand. And that that limit applies if you don't participate or are qualified to participate in a company plan. Right. So if you have no company plan options, then it doesn't matter what your income limit is. You can contribute to traditional IRAs. Um, oh, okay. If if you do have a company plan, then your in, there's income limits that start to come into play, where you're going to be limited then potentially on how much, if any, you can put into a company into an IRA yourself. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, but I mean, if, if your income's low enough, I mean, there could be a point where you could max out the company plan. You could do an IRA, you know? So right. again, it's just understand where you fit, what well, the you, options you're, are. You're getting uh, into strategy. We want to Kate, we want to stay with yeah. basics. We'll talk strategy in a minute. Right? How much you want to put away. I mean, there's all sorts of topics to, to get into when you get it, you know, looking yeah. at the plans, how do you blend, uh, blend them together, bring them all together. So, and that'll be the kind of the point as we start to wrap it up. So yeah. you know, for the, but for the basics, so the, you know, so the, some of the cons or it's limiting as far as the, the yeah, so you can only, yep. how much you can put in, but the pros Obviously, with both of them, IRA or a Roth, you have right. the smorgasbord. It's wide open. Available. Yeah. Right. Yep. So you can, yeah, you can invest in, I don't want to say anything. I mean, there are some limits from the IRS standpoint. You know, you, you can't invest in collectibles. Let's put it that way. It's kind of one of the main limitations, you know. Care Bears um, are not on there? No, Care Bears are not on there. Sorry. You can't, you can't do that. You know, anything that's a collectible, um, it's got to be held at a custodian, you know? So, I mean, it, yeah. there, there's definitely some limitations. It's not right. quite as wide open as you, you might want, but, right. and in Roth, you do have income limits, the, right. the Roth IRA, you know, versus like the 401k, you don't. Right. So yeah. And, 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 and with and all of them, it comes Roth, down to what do you, what do you want to put away? Yeah. To start and, and to and look at the tax free, the tax free side, obviously an advantage, uh, disadvantage disadvantages with right. the IRA, you're you're deferring as Correct. usual. Yep. Same thing as the 401k. And then a um a Roth, you're paying the taxes now. Right. And then of course you reap in hopefully that tax free benefit later on. Right. Yeah. And that's that gets into strategies of you know when do you want to 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 pay the tax? You know, pay me an hour, pay me later is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um you're paying tax on the seed or the harvest is another way to kind of think of it. You know, the seed you're paying it on the the Roth paid after tax money goes in. Yep. Then all the growth becomes tax-free, 
You know, so great advantages there. Traditional, just the opposite. You got to look at where you're at currently in a tax bracket. Where might you be in the future? There's a lot of strategy that comes into that. So, okay, so that's some of the basics. There, some pros and cons on those. The ones that we we know pretty well. Mm -hmm. Let's go to a simple IRA or a SEP. What are those pros and cons? So, simple IRA or SEP are going to be again company plans. Typically, these are going to be for smaller companies. Right. So, simple IRA. I guess let's start there. Um, it, it's basically think about like an IRA that's bigger, right? It, it's, it's your own account. First of all, it is a simple IRA, but it's yours. It's not in the company plan, but a company has to sponsor it. So your employer has to sponsor it. Mm-hmm. Um, income limits are higher. Contribution limits are higher. I should say net income limits. So 15, five versus the IRA at 65. And then if you're over 50, it's, a, it's another 35. So up to 19, so a lot of smaller companies will will opt for the simple IRA because it's simple, right? There's no additional right. administrative cost from a company standpoint. Having a four hundred one k, there's cost. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, what is how how often do we see these? Because I know I've talked to some advisors. They're like, I hardly ever see simples. It, um, it depends on the your mix of clients. I mean, as a CPA back in the day when I was you know did primarily the CPA work, um, we saw a lot of them because for smaller companies, it's sure. very easy. You know, yeah. it, it it allows you to offer a benefit to your employees. Very streamlined, pretty simple. You know, it's a, a lower limit threshold than the 401k. So you, they can't put away as much. Right. You as the employer are required to put in money, you know, versus like a 401k. You don't have to. I mean, a lot of them have matches, um, but it, it's, um, there's no cost to establish them. That's the biggest factor. Gotcha. Versus from a company standpoint, 401ks, there's the administration and other costs associated. So these are helpful for the small business owner. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where a a SEP, right? A SEP, yeah. So a SEP is basically, again, it's an IRA at the core, but it's a significantly higher threshold. SEPs are a little different in that it's not a dollar amount, it's a percentage. Okay. Um, So it's 25% of wages. Or twenty five percent, or twenty percent. I'm sorry, of your net self employment tax. So if you're self employed, so a lot of times a SEP is something that an individual running as a sole proprietor would look at. Okay. They might use something like that, okay? Right, because it, it allows you to put in a higher dollar amount um, than an IRA, depending on your income. But right. but that's going to be the disadvantage is that it's income based. You know, so if you had gotcha. a small business, you made twenty thousand in profit. As you're starting to look at these options, well, if it's a SEP. I can only put in four. Twenty-five yeah, um, percent of, of the gross. Yeah, if if it's an IRA, um, I can put in sixty-five or seventy-five if I'm over fifty-five or okay. fifty. I mean, or if I go to a simple because it's single employer plan. I mean, I can do that as a simple, just as my own company. Right. Um, now I get that thirteen five or fifteen five. I mean, or nineteen. So it, it really comes down to what type of entity you have, and then what's the goal from a contribution. Okay. All right. So definitely some pros and cons in those as well. Yep. Uh, so let's go to HSAs and FSAs. Now we did a whole uh, podcast yeah. on HSAs. So go definitely for a more in-depth dive, definitely go back mm-hmm. and check that one out, folks. A lot of good details in there. But for this, let's kind of go basics of what they yep. are, pros and cons. Yeah. So all the other accounts we've talked about so far are retirement accounts. Um, HSAs, FSAs, are primarily going to be health related. So HSAs for sure. So health savings account is right. a, a type of an account that you're allowed to contribute to and your employer um, provided you have a high deductible plan. 
That's probably you know, a con. So it's a high that, deductible. Right. So that's the, that's the catch, right? You have to have a high deductible um, health insurance plan to get that. And there's pros and cons when you're looking at that. That's a whole nother discussion because it, it really comes down to personal medical need, right? I mean, if, if you're, if you have medical needs and you use insurance on a regular basis, having a high deductible plan with an HSA might not make sense. Yeah. You know, but if, if you are relatively healthy and, and you're not using it that often, it may make sense to go to the high deductible plan and start putting money into an HSA because now the HSA, the advantage there is it's your money. So mm-hmm. you don't have to spend it. It's, it's, I, I think about like a, a retirement savings account for healthcare yep. and a lot of advantages, tax deduction when the money goes in, yep. uh, growth is tax-free Triple tax um, free. and mm-hmm. ultimately tax-free when it comes out, if it's used on healthcare. Yeah. So big you pros know, so there for sure. A lot of pros. And like you said, we did a whole podcast on uh, using an HSA pros and cons. Definitely look at that. Flexible spending account, on the other hand, is um, again, a company plan that has to be established. So only available through your employer. HSA doesn't even have to be through your employer. The trigger okay. there is having a high deductible plan. Now, a lot of employers right. will help set them up, sure, but it doesn't have to be through your employer because it, it's your own account. Versus the flexible spending is through the employer. Typically, it's going to be for, for child care or for medical or kind of the two different designations of where the money can go. Okay. Um, disadvantage with them is use it or lose it, right? And a lot of <laughs> yeah. you probably heard of this many yeah. times, but you put the money in, if you haven't used it at the end of the year, it's it's gone. The, the employer keeps it, which you might think, well, that's kind of unfair. Well, the reason that happens is an advantage you have, let's say you go into a company, elect to have a flexible spending healthcare account and tell them, I want to put in $3,000 this year. Right. And this is January. So your first paycheck comes along and you put in, you know, whatever, 150 bucks, whatever it is for that paycheck. Well, because you elected $3,000, if you had a $3,000 medical expense in January, you can present it to the company and they have to pay you $3,000 hmm. because that's what you elected. And now if you leave in February, they can't come after you for it. Gotcha. So I mean, that's just how they work and why they're taking, why it's they're a taking a risk. Lose it. Yeah, right, they're, they're taking the risk up front. So and then that's you're taking the risk, risk on the end. Yeah. Just yeah. The, the bottom line with them, make sure you plan for how much you're going to need. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, don't underestimate too much because you can't, once you elected it, you're done, you know, but don't leave money in there. This is why you probably see at the eye doctors towards the end of the year, everyone's buying sunglasses. Well, there you go. <laughs> they got money left in the flexible spending account. And I got to use it somewhere. So I want to go yeah, get some more sunglasses. Get some high quality sunglasses. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's fine. Um, so, I mean, it helps give you the deduction, you know, reduce your, your taxes, um, but it has to be used for one of those two items, use it or lose it. Um, you can't have both. That's the other hinge is, Flexible spending for me- for medical, you can't have that and an HSA. It's one or the other. Okay, good. That's a good tip so. as well. All right, and then finally, uh, some products like annuities or CDs, mm-hmm. dividend stocks. So I would say one pro for some of these right now, Phil, is interest rates being up, right? right. So for annuities and CDs, that's making some of these things even more uh, appealing. Uh, and like any product, there's the liquidity factors of things, right? So this right. is where the, the three worlds of money are going to come into play where right. you're talking about safety, growth, and liquidity. So give us some yep. pros and cons on these. Yeah. So the first thing to, to remember when you're looking at them is, number one, all the different quote-unquote types of accounts we talked about before are, think about like tax qualifications, right? Tax designations of an account. Okay. 
This last one, you know, annuities, CDs, those kind of things, that's an investment. Right. And people often get confused of, especially annuities, you talk about an annuity. Well, an annuity that's not a retirement annuity is, is taxed differently than an annuity inside an IRA. An annuity in an IRA loses its characteristic of an, an annuity. In fact, any investment inside an IRA loses whatever characteristic it has because the tax characteristic rules. So, I mean, that's yeah, the first key to understand is- That's a great point. When you're talking about annuities, CDs, dividends, whatever it is, those are investments. You can hold those inside of any of the accounts we talked about. You know, so yeah. from an investment standpoint, yeah, it really comes down to what are you trying to do? Um, annuities, a lot of reason to hold them. Primarily, it's safety, right? It, it guarantee a principal or you're looking for guaranteed lifetime income. Yeah. You know, CDs kind of similar to the point, you know, you talked about those three different aspects of a, a, um, any kind of investment you can have, liquidity, safety, growth, yep. Yep. you know, so annuities, CDs, you're going to get um, liquidity, potentially CDs have some limitation or I mean, annuities have some limitations, mm-hmm. you know, CDs similar, they have some limitations too, but you have safety of principle, mm-hmm. no one interest rate typically or annuities, you could have some upside depend. Depending typically, on the type, typically you're you're locking your money away for a period with both. Right. Of them. So, it, but it's more about safety. You know, dividend-paying stocks. Now you're getting into it's it's kind of a hybrid. You have a little bit of safety in that. Typically, dividend-paying stocks aren't going to be as volatile as growth stocks, for instance. Okay. All right. You know, just because of the nature of the companies that pay dividends. Usually, they're larger companies, more established, Fortune 500. You know, been around a lot longer. Yeah, it's a stock. At the end of the day, that's the thing to remember. This is still a stock. Right. And it's going to go up and down with the market, typically not as much. Um, the other thing is dividends. Yeah, you can count on it as income. And there's a lot of strategies around it. The The warning I always have with that strategy is understand those dividends are not guaranteed. Right. You know, they're they reported as income, right? So, and, and they're reported as income. But again, yeah. that kind of gets back to the nature. If it's in an IRA, it doesn't matter. I mean, if it's out, okay. if it's in a just a non qualified account, a taxable investment, we call it. Yeah. Dividends, if you have it reinvested back in, you're not taking it, they just reinvest it back in. Well, you still get the privilege of paying taxes on that each year, um, <laughs> even if you didn't take the money. So, right. pro, pros and cons from a tax as, aspect, you got to understand. First of all, from a tax aspect, what are you what are you trying to invest in to know then what might be the right vehicle for that type of an account? So yeah. okay, okay. So then the the final rounding out questions, Phil, is yep. how do we choose the right one? Right, many people mm-hmm. wind up saying, okay, you know, which one should I be in, and will I be there forever? And the question right. really is no, right? I mean, it's like right. choose the right one based on a, a strategy that you're trying to put together. For many of us. The first option of the 401 is where we're at because we've had a job someplace, right? Right. I was going to say, usually the first thing comes down to what's what, what's available to you, right? Yeah. I mean, to your point, if you're still working, you're potentially, you've got some limitations on IRAs and or Roth. Um, right. You can't have a simple yourself or a SEP. Right. You know, so if you're working for a company, it, it really falls back to what do they give you from yeah. a, a retirement type of an account. Yeah. You know, then beyond that, you can maybe look at IRAs or Roths on your own. Sure. Um, and then you get into the taxable investments, which that's a whole other type of an account you could have. But yeah, it comes down to first, what's available? Yeah. You know, so there's available. no right or wrong per se. If you have to look at what's available first and then the long-term goal, you know. 
Yeah, and are you stuck in it forever is a question. It's like, no. Right. Well, so many people, and again, this is where the strategy of working with a professional comes into play, Phil, because so let's say we talk about it a million times. Most people are going to probably have a 401k. Yep. And at some point, their advisor, if they're working with a qualified professional, is going to start talking about shifting that money out of there right. and going into other things, right? Like converting it to a Roth. So for the tax free right. uh, growth, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. you can, and you can have multiples too, right? So yeah. So there's tons yeah, of Yeah. You can be that financial collector that has a bunch of accounts everywhere. Not generally a good idea because it makes it hard to manage things where, you know, wherever sure. they're at. Sure. But yeah, so you're not locked into um, 401ks forever, but I mean, that is somewhat of a downside, you know, especially if you're you're younger. Um, so if you are working for a company, you've been putting money in the 401k, that money is not accessible to you um, until you reach 59 and a half or you get terminated, either right. voluntarily or not. Right. Um, some plans might have a loan provision where you could borrow from it if you need to. Which again isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's it's not bad to have some money walled off that you can't get to. It's for retirement anyway, so you shouldn't it's be touching. Protect it. yourself, yeah, right. Um, but that's from an investment standpoint, you're kind of locked into that now until one of those events happen. Fifty nine and a half, um, you you get terminated again voluntarily or not. So yeah, and at some point, if you want to start converting over or changing over, you can. And again, that's right. been really the a big topic of conversation the past couple of years because of the oh, tax and jobs act. Uh, with the tax rates is where we're at. People are saying, hey, I've got, and again, this is just easy numbers to use. Mm -hmm. I've got a million bucks in a 401. Uh, I want to start converting some of that to a Roth so that right. I have less of a tax time bomb waiting on me. Right. Yeah. So then then it comes back to in that scenario, what does the plan allow? Some plans have that Roth provision. That's step one. Step two is, do they allow what's called an in-plan conversion? So within the plan, I can take money from the traditional and move it to the Roth side. Yeah. You know, so if, if you have money in a 401k and it doesn't have the Roth provision, or if it does and it doesn't allow the conversion, now the only way to make that happen is it's got to come out of the 401k into an IRA. Into your own Then you IRA, can do Roth converts, IRA. right? Yeah, conversions into the Roth. Into yeah. But then, then we're back to, okay, now it's locked in a 401k. Do I have the option of getting it out? How can I do that? Yeah. You know, and, and typically that's going to be that age 59 and a half or you're terminated from the plan. Or, I mean, it's a, you know, former employer's 401k. So if you no longer work at a company. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's wide open to be able to, to yeah, position so, and do what you so want. Phil, so. if you're, yeah. Cause uh, that's interesting. So, and many people I think might miss this. So if you're 50 and mm -hmm. you have a 401k and you want to convert, you want to pull money out and turn it into a Roth IRA. Right. You cannot do that without paying, you know, you're going to, if they do let you, they're going to have to pay what the penalty and the tax, obviously. Well, right. So yeah, there's a lot of kind of hurdles to work through. Number one is, can you, right? If you're right. currently working at the company, you can't, there's you no can't, way to get right. that money out. And I think people kind of think, well, I'm over 50. I can, I can go ahead and start moving things. And I'm right. Right. And the, the 50 age, it really comes on 59 and a half is the, the trigger. So that's where the, the penalty comes in. You know, right. if, if you're over 59 and a half, there's no penalty. And I think that's but, where people get stuck. It's like, well, yeah. that's I, I, fine. I'll deal with the penalty, but I don't think that you even can anyway, unless you, you're, you, you know. really can't. And there's no penalty on a conversion. So money being converted, it's not penalized. It's taxed. Right. Where people get caught in conversions and paying a penalty is if they're under 59 and a half and they're converting and paying the tax on the conversion from the account. Yeah. So if I'm converting 50,000 and there's 20, 20% 20 tax, 
So I tell the custodian, withhold $10,000 and send it to the IRS. And my 50 turns into 40 that goes into the Roth. Well, the 40 that went into the Roth is taxable. There's no penalty on that. The 10 that went to the IRS is taxable and there's a penalty on it because it's it's effectively money you took, wrote a check to the IRS and then sent it to them. So that becomes a taxable distribution that's subject to a penalty if you're under 59 and a half. There you go. So it, it comes down to strategy, right? What, what are we trying to do? Make sure you're working with somebody that knows how this works because you don't want to get into a scenario of doing this conversion and then see your tax person around this time of the year. And they're like, oh, by the way, you know, you, yeah. you owe the IRS another grand on that $10,000 tax you paid them. Either they're going, you did what? Or you're looking at the the bill you got to write, the check you got to write going, I did what? <laughs> I did this happen. Yeah. Uh, One of the two. So. so again, retirement savings basics. We got a little in the weeds on some of it, but we wanted to kind of run through, you know, some pros and cons of the different types of accounts. And ultimately yep. at the end of the day, it's, it's really finding the right strategy for the time of life that you're in and what right. you need to get done. And again, many of us have, you know, the traditional accounts already set up a 401k. Mm -hmm. Most of us are in these kinds of things because of the job that we're working at. But if you have some questions, as always need some help. Don't forget to reach out to Phil, especially if you're at that point where you're starting to think about how to maybe move or change some things, or maybe yep. yourself a small business owner or whatever the case might be. And you're curious about a SEP or a simple, whatever it is, reach out to a qualified professional like Phil. Don't forget to subscribe to, to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, you can also subscribe on YouTube as well. So lots of different ways to catch new episodes. And you can find it all at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Phil, thanks yeah. for hanging out, buddy. Always yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great yeah, day. Man. We'll be back with more in, uh, next week here on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you later on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Phil? Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.